Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Steve, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. It's a pleasure and an honor. So I came across you by way of our mutual friend, Matt Monroe, who has been sort of you know my ongoing advisor and photographer in life, business, and many other things. And he said, you've got to talk to Steve Sims. And it's funny because when I went and looked at your website, I said, okay, I'm not sure what Steve Sims does, but I had heard about you through some other people. So on that note, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your story, your journey, your background, and how that has brought you to what you're up to in the world today? Okay. Um, well, not being too easily found is actually my trademark. Um, so that's, that's, let's work in reverse there. I come from a construction family in East London. Um, very, very far from a silver spoon. Uh, we, we desired to be middle class. Um, and through that, for some reason, I have eternally been the inquisitive little Irish boy. So I've always wanted to look behind that door and open up that box and to really prod things that shouldn't be prodded. And I grew into an inquisitive mind that then got me into wanting to, and this is where I got delusional, better myself. Now, there was nothing wrong with my family. Good, solid, hardworking people, but we were always dirty every day. I wanted to wear a suit. I wanted to drive fast cars. I wanted one of those mobile phones that was built onto a briefcase. I wanted that life. You know, we all saw Wall Street, and I actually wanted Wall Street. So I tried to get my life into banking, um, talked my way into getting a job in Hong Kong, landed on the Saturday. I was fired on the Tuesday. (laughs) <laughs> so miraculously short career in the banking world. Um, that was where one delusion stopped and another one started. Um, I had this total committed idea that if I knew loads of rich people, I could go to any bank and they would want to employ me because I knew rich people. So I started working on the door for clubs, started letting only rich people in, call people, people I liked. Um, and one of the passwords was bluefish. And I used to, uh, send out a password, which was one fish, two fish, red fish, and you had to complete it. So people used to walk up to the door and go bluefish and I'd let them in. And God, there's many chapters and hours that we could go into this, but I suddenly found that, you know, not all people were cool. 
rich people are pricks, poor people are pricks. So I started having parties just for cool people that I liked. And my persona, I suppose, came out. And again, still with a delusion that I was going to one day be a banker, I started throwing parties and the parties got bigger and more extravagant and in different places. And then I started getting into other people's events. And one day someone said to me, wow, you're a concierge to the rich and famous. And for one, I didn't know what the bloody hell a concierge was. And two, none of my clients were famous. They were just rich. So I actually became the concierge to the rich and unknown. And we do have some celebrity clients. We do have some sports figures, rock stars, stuff like that. But they get us because they know we won't spread their name around. And in fact, quite the opposite. They get a hold of us so that they can travel the world undercover without anyone bothering them. So my persona became Bluefish. And it's grown. We work with people all over the world. We do such amazing things as sending people down to the Titanic, uh, putting people in a Formula One race car on the back of a MotoGP bike. That was funny. Um, organize a marriage in the Vatican. Um, we organized a private dinner at the feet of Michelangelo's David last year where we took over the entire museum and put a restaurant table in there because uh, the guy wanted an exclusive restaurant. Yeah, we've done some amazing stuff. We worked with everyone from, uh, oh, God, name dropping. Um, we worked for Donald Trump, Richard Branson, um, a whole bunch of people. So what it's ended up to is now being regarded as one of the leading lifestyle firms out there that cater to everything from travel to your bucket list dreams. And if you can think it and afford it, then once you've discovered out how to get hold of us, we're your go-to people. Wow. Okay. So lots of questions <laughs> come from this. Uh, okay. You know, so interestingly enough, I, I want to talk about sort of bridging the gap between what effectively is a blue collar upbringing and what is now an extremely white collar life and how bridging that gap and being exposed to both worlds has altered your view on wealth and the accumulation of wealth. Okay, then. Well, let's get Freud here. Um, <laughs> that really depends. Um, and I have. Um, I, when I started out in life, um, I had a motorcycle and my dad had a truck and I so badly wanted to get into flash cars and never drive a truck. I, I, I idiotly thought at the time that driving a truck meant that you couldn't afford a car. Um, fast forward now, I'm 48 years old. I collect motorcycles and I have a truck. So <laughs> to say that I've done a full circle, but through that period, I, have owned very uh, exclusive and beautiful cars and been able to taste the finest wines, the finest cars, the finest travel, to realize that wealth is being confident in yourself. And as long as I've got gas in the tank, food in my kid's belly, and a roof over my, my family and wife's head, I'm the wealthiest person in the planet. Okay, so I, I want to talk about this in more depth. Uh, how do you cultivate that sense of confidence in yourself if the external circumstances of your life are less than ideal for you? Well, it, it's like asking a, a kid, does he like Fargo? He's not going to be able to tell you unless he's tried it. And then he, can, then he can be comfortable to give you the answer and know that it shouldn't be aimed for or, or desired. Um, it's really down to personal taste and preference. Um, so I've made 
a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. If there's any guys and girls out there going, wow, he just fell into this and oh, he was lucky and oh, he was in Hong Kong. Trust me, I fucked up more times than you can possibly imagine. And I hope possibly do. Um, however, it's been that constant inquisitive nature that's got me in trouble that's also got me to see from other people's perception. And I've never been frightened to go up to someone and go, so how does that make you feel and why did you see value in that? And then I've, I've learned from people. I haven't had to own Picasso to respect it. I haven't had to drive a $2 million car to know why people buy it. But I do feel confident and knowledgeable in my own skin and my own personality to know that I don't need to own that car to love it. I don't need to own that piece of artwork to, uh, to, to be enamored with it. So it's the inquisitive nature, but also the satisfaction I don't have to control or own everything to understand and value its beauty. Hmm. You think that inquisitive nature is inherent in certain people, or is it something that we can cultivate a capacity for? Well, it's, in, it's, it's inherent in one breed out there, this weird, screwed up, weird ball of oddballs called entrepreneurs. <laughs> so I don't think there's a single entrepreneur out there, successful, um, that doesn't have it. In fact, I run a, a study. I run a, um, a company called Ugly Sims where I actually teach marketing and consult and mentor to um, young entrepreneurs. And I came into a room one day and I actually had a bunch of envelopes handed out. And I said, uh, just leave those there. We'll come back to it in an hour. And then after about 20 minutes, I made everyone stand up. And then I said, okay, sit down those people that did not sneak a peek into that envelope. And you can appreciate only about five people sat down. Mm-hmm. You know, we as a breed in the entrepreneurial world, we're nosy little buggers. We want to know why that doesn't go whiz bang. We want to know if we push that button, what door does it open? How can it go faster? How can it go slower? How can it be brighter? That's what an entrepreneur is. We're basically two-year-olds, just bigger. And it's that inquisitive nature that gets us doing things. And some of the greatest mistakes and accidents have turned into some of the greatest inventions. Hmm. So let's talk about mistakes and accidents, and let's talk about your own. You mentioned that you have fucked up more than most people, or or just as much as many of us. Um, I want to talk about two different things. One is the moment where you get fired on a Tuesday after showing up at a job on Saturday, (laughs) and how you didn't let that moment you know, sort of become a rock bottom moment, but turned it into something much more powerful. And what enables that? How do you cultivate that in yourself? And of course, I want to talk in depth about some of the really big failures and the lessons that you've learned from them. I'm always careful as to what in life is going to define me. So getting a smack on the chin and going down, that doesn't define me. What defines me is how I get back up. And so I tried to go for a job. I didn't have the qualifications. I didn't have the upbringing. I didn't have the certification or the schooling to help me in what is a very academic and analytical career for most. Um, yet I tried it. I, I basically BSed my way into to getting a job where I was ill-qualified to be. Getting fired was no surprise. My surprise was it took longer than, it took longer than 24 hours. Um, <laughs> So it didn't, it didn't bother me. It was a case of, oh, well. Um, what really shook me was, um, and this was where luck was on my side, um, was because they had actually transferred me to Hong Kong, 
Um, not only did I get my flights paid for, but I got six months severance and uh, accommodation. So I was like, oh, okay, then. So at least I'm safe. Okay, I've got the money to be here. I've got a room over a roof over my head. Now what can I do to turn this frown upside down? What can I do to make this moment sparkle? Um, and I looked. I was inquisitive. I started watching people, started going to restaurants, bars, watching crowds. And then I thought to myself, hang on a minute. What if I get all that crowd in a pocket? What about if I get all of those people in one room? Will the power of association make me something? Will I now have something to be able to offer other people? Will I become a desired commodity because I have these people in my pocket? And that's how my head started rolling. Okay. Uh, One of the things I'm really interested in is the lessons in human behavior and human psychology that have come from your time uh, as a club bouncer and, you know, time organizing these parties and being around all these types of people. Yes, uh, I would, I would say that I'm, I'm one of the uh, nosiest people and there's nothing better I like than people watching. In fact, if when you search me up or you lovely listeners out there and you look at me, there's no way in the world if I met you walking down the street, you'd hand me your credit card and social security number. Um, <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. I'm much far better suited on the door telling you you can't get in or kicking you out of a club. It's just my look. But funny enough, my look has actually become a great door opener for me because I'm not what you expect is someone that caters for the people that I cater to. Uh-huh. Um, and when I was on the door, and we're going to get deep now for a second because I was, and this was at a time when I was sending out faxes. So in, in Hong Kong, I was finding out these entrepreneurs, uh, not these entrepreneurs, these expats that were suddenly now, you know, holding these positions and have the office fax number. I would fax them a fax just going, Hey David, the party's at this address at this time. This is the beginning of the password come up with, the final word. And I would have things like, name the, the lion out of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Name two Teletubbies. Finish this sentence. One fish, two fish, red fish. And those were the, those were the things I would put together. And I would fax it. And these people are sat there and they'd go, what is this party? Ooh, maybe I'll turn. And the inquisitive nature would have them turn up. So straight away, I've attracted a like-minded soul. Now, I felt so unconfident that I could speak to them at that level. I was on the door for years before I even told people I was the guy doing it. And I had people coming up to me on the door going, where's this Sims character? Where's Steve Sims? And I'd be going, oh, he's at the back of the boat or, you know, he's at the edge of the the penthouse or he's actually upstairs, but he's coming down in a minute. And then the following day, I would reach out to these people going, Jet, so sorry, I did see you. You were having a good time. I didn't want to interrupt you, but let's catch up in the next event. So I had, I had a lack of confidence, but I could sit there and I could watch these people. And I had people coming up to the door going, yeah, I'm here for the party. And I remember a great one I did in Monaco. And the boat was going nuts. The boat was almost you know, bouncing around in the harbor with the, of the music and the people jumping around on it and dancing. It really was one of those parties you see in a movie that was just just going crazy. And I'm on the gangplank with my buddy, okay? And 
This guy walks up and says, oh, I'm here for the party. Now, this whole boat is three feet away from our ears, going nuts. And I look at my friend and I turn around and went, no party here, mate. Well, what party are you looking for? And he went, that party. Nope. Do you know of any party tonight, mate? And he was like, no, I don't. And we just blanked this guy because he came at us with so much arrogance. There was no way he was getting past us. Yeah, another guy came behind all smirky and went, Bluefish, have a good time, mate. Enjoy yourself. And straight away we let him through. So we really did enjoy being a gatekeeper to, and what we realized later on in life, for people that were confident and solid in themselves. Now, I don't mind if you feel uncomfortable in situations. That's, everyone's uncomfortable in situations. I'm uncomfortable on a regular occasion. In fact, I, I, I know a great phrase from my friend Joe Polish about get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I try to live like that. I try to get into situations which do make me feel uncomfortable because that's that moment, that second that you grow. But to go back to the, uh, the door access, I found that what we were actually building wasn't a database, wasn't a collection of people that just happened to afford your services. We were building a culture. We were building a culture of just a vibe of welcoming people that were also inquisitive, were also self-made, were also wanted to know what it was like, taste makers. We, we built a culture of people that just really wanted to enjoy life at a level that, that they desired to their beat of their drum. And without realizing that, we, we created this. So while I was delusionally trying to become a stockbroker or a banker or all of these other jobs, which as you can see, <laughs> never worked, I was building a culture. And from that culture, and it was about six years in, while I was still looking for other jobs, that I suddenly realized what I had. And I'd love to tell you I realized it. That's a lie. My wife actually sat me down one day and went, you know, you charge people to get into these parties. You charge people to do all these things. People come up to you and go, hey, great party in Monaco. But you know people in Stad? I'm going into New York. Anything going on in there? Before I realized, I was building up this culture, this network, building up this concierge firm without realizing I was taking on staff. But you know, I was still sending my resume to banks, still going for interviews, still almost being laughed out of the office as I was stood there, no hair, goatee beard and tattoos trying to get a job. But it was my wife that actually said, do we need this? And it was funny, we've been doing it for six years before we finally realized We've actually been in business six years, and it's fun, yet I'm getting stressed trying to get a job working nine to five in a windowless bank. So ironic, so ironic. So that was a big turning point for me. Wow. All right, so there's a lot of things you said there that I want to uh, dig a little bit deeper into. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of things. First was the fact that you chose to work the door and not reveal who you were. Uh, because of a lack of confidence. I'm curious when that shifted and how it shifted. I was at a club one day, again, on the door. My wife tapped me on the shoulder and she said, you know, I don't know when you're going to stop doing this, but everyone in here knows who you are and they're just having a giggle. <laughs> and I, walked, I remember walking in with this kind of embarrassment and they were like, hey, we wondered when you were going to. He said, you weren't fooling anybody. We were just having a giggle. With you. And so... They were so lax and cool about it. They kind of welcomed me in. 
And I did have this hang up, you know, I'm, I'm not from the right side of town. I didn't go to college. I didn't have this upbringing. I can't wander around between you guys. I can only serve, but I can't play on your level. I had those hang ups as well. So once I realized and I got in there that that was really silly for me to have had that hang up. Okay, so that takes me to a question about our own hangups and how we get rid of the hangups that we have. And, and maybe are we just delusional about our hangups? Uh, yeah, we are. And we need to hit them head on at about 200 mile an hour. There's, there's a, a phenomenal line from probably the greatest bro film in the world that it says, um, fear causes hesitation and hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Do you know what movie that came from? I don't actually. Ah, you're not a bro. Point break. <laughs> you know, that is really weird. I should know that because I'm a hardcore surfer. <laughs> Point break is in the back of the truck. They're just about to rob a bank, and he comes out with that line. And I'll tell you, most people will know it. But regardless of where it came from, it is so strong. I'll tell you a story. I was in, a, I was in, a, I was in my school, and my, my school was not a very nice school. Um, and... There was the usual kind of rubbish. How old are you, by the way? 37. All right, so not, not too far. I'm 48. But um, I came from this school, and there was always the school talk about, you know, oh, so-and-so's going to fight afterwards behind a bike shed. There was always that kind of crap. You know, the pecking order as kids start to get older. And one day this kid came up to me, and it was my turn. And he said to me, he said, you know, me and, I've heard you've been saying, it's just a load of bullshit. And he said, I've heard you're going to be saying this. He said, me and you, after school, out on the path, you know, we're, we're going to fight it out. And it was my turn to find out where I stood in the pecking order. And my gut sank. And I'm not a tough guy. Really not. I've worked at the door for many years. Not a tough guy. I've done MMA, kickboxing. Really not a tough guy. You do all of those sports to stop getting hit. And I didn't want to be in this fight. And I, was, I had this pain suddenly go through my stomach that this guy that was stood over me in my school desk with his mates behind him because he needed the bravado telling me that he was going to fight me after school and school was about three hours away from ending how was I going to live through this afternoon with that on my mind so the only way that I could actually handle that and I'm not suggesting any of you kids out there take this into a possible thought. So I jumped up and I hit him. I hit him there and then in school, seconds after he told me he was going to fight me in three hours' time. I thought, I can't wait three hours. I'm going to cry. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to have diarrhea. I'm not going to be able to last this afternoon. So I jumped up, punched him in the head. He fell down, started crying, run off. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I don't have that pain in my stomach anymore. I didn't want to fight anybody. But all of a sudden, I confronted my fear, and my fear fell on the floor crying. Now, the detention I got for the following weeks did not make that worthwhile, but it did give me a glimpse into your fears are never as big as you build them up in your mind. Now, that being said, I was still the scared kid on the gangplank and not wanting to walk in the party and admit that I was the guy running it. So we still have our own fears. But by now, I've got to a situation in my life that I have confronted my fears so many times. I won't let my kids get worried about something without at least trying it. And I tell everyone, 
If it doesn't scare you, then find something that does and try that. Because that's that moment, again, that's your growth. Getting uncomfortable is when you realize where you live gets the nerves up on the back of your, your neck. It gets the hair standing up, gets you in a cold sweat. And when you go through that three or four times, you'd be amazed at what you can conquer on a normal day. Awesome. All right. So one of the but, things... But I have to say, kids out there, don't go punching your schoolmates. <laughs> this world is not smart. And it didn't do me any good. It just taught me a lesson. Well, you know, there are parents who uh, use the podcast to homeschool, homeschool their kids. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to include a disclaimer in the show notes. Yeah, disclaimer, yes. So let me ask you this. One of the other things that you mentioned was this idea of creating a culture. And the idea of creating a culture to me is really interesting because I think to some degree or another, every one of us who chooses to express ourselves in some way uh, is creating a culture. So I'm really interested in how you define what that culture is for you and how you go about creating it. Again, I'm the wrong person to have on a podcast for that. I didn't create it. Um, <laughs> it created itself. I just put a seed in there. Um, I wanted to go and party with me. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't until six years later that we realized we had established a culture. So my first prerequisite on a very ignorant, low level was, as I said, I wanted to party and associate with me. Now, these people had a bigger, bigger um, payroll. They had a big bank accounts, bigger apartments, more cars than me. But inherently, in themselves, at that bar, they wanted to drink whiskey, tell jokes, and just have a good bit of fun. And so we, there was a connection there. And I, you find out, you get 10 people that you like working with, and they like working with you, they're going to tell 10 other people who will tell 10 other people. And if you can't walk down the, wall, uh, walk down the path, and see your client and not want to just grab him and go to the local bar and have a beer with him or go and talk to him or go and have his nails done or go whatever, but want to spend time with that person, then that's not a client, that's a customer. And you need to go and find more people that you can relate to. So I didn't build up the culture, but once I realized what I had, I did the first thing that all successful entrepreneurs do. I fucked it up. <laughs> I thought to myself, I've got to get more people. Um, no one's going to take me seriously. Uh, I better dilute my tone. I better um, you know, make, make a website that captures everybody. You know, and I don't want to, don't want to offend the ladies. And I don't want to offend the guys. I don't want to offend the older folks. I, all of a sudden, I became so vanilla that you could see my, my, my giggle level was going down, my fun level was going down, my income was going down, and I had to start working. And I started buying adverts. I'd never bought adverts. Six years I'd been in business. I'd never bought an advert in my life. Now I'm buying adverts because, hey, that's what someone told me to do. I started buying buying. Um, Promotions. I started sponsoring events. I built half a dozen brochures trying to get the, the elaborate multi-syllable word to make me look intelligent out there and just completely screwed up 
what had made bluefish so fun and fresh to start with. Now, after damn near going bust two times, I th so it took me two smacks in the head to go, this doesn't work. I'm not doing it anymore. In fact, screw it. If I don't like you, you ain't a member. Simple as that. And I went back to the basics, which let's be honest, if you want to ride a bike faster, go back to the basics. You want to know how to do your karate better, go back to the basics. You want to be able to type better, go back to the basics. I went back to the basics, developed something that I like to do for people that I like to do it with, and didn't, didn't change my parameter at all. That was it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why do you think people lose their way? I only am interested in this for very personal reasons because it happened to me. I think people lose their way because they listen to too many other people. And I think there are so many people out there telling, telling, that, telling you that they can do it better than you but didn't do it in the first place. And on some levels, we like to rely on other people. We like to trust other people. We believe in other people. So if they disagree with us, then we're looking for that, we're looking for that affirmation that we are doing it right. So when you've got some... Smooth guy coming out of the game. Well, you know, I've launched many companies and you're not really doing it right. And, you know, you could be so much better. You go, oh, well, this guy knows what he's talking about, you know, because he's old and he wears a suit and he's got a blue tie, you know. And you just, you just suddenly buy into it and you listen to other people rather than that, that little person in your stomach. Mm. I love that. Now, if you had something, if you were not successful, and you're trying to get successful. Listen to everyone, but only digest what works. And if it doesn't work for you, try something different. And if that doesn't work, try something different. And just keep doing things until you find the source that works for you. If you were successful and it starts going wrong, it only went wrong because you stopped doing what you used to do. And I've had people go, ah, the recession. Look, the recession made a lot of people poor, okay? Didn't affect Australia. Didn't affect Asia. Didn't affect Europe. There's still rich people. In fact, there were people getting richer in the recession, and there were a lot of people getting poorer. So shift your, your, your product to those that can afford you. You've just got to find a new, a new, a new client and not a customer. Hmm. So... Let me ask you this. One of the things that you said is you've intentionally made yourself difficult to be found. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to talk about crafting this persona in more depth, you know, why that is, you know, and what is it behind all of that that leads to you doing that the way you do it? If things are too easy, people don't, don't respect it. And the internet's, you know, built us into instant gratification. If we can't find the answer on Google within three nanoseconds, we're bored and screaming at the PC. So, when you're trying to find the world's greatest concierge firm, you should damn well have a bit of, bit of effort go into it. You should want to be able to discover it. And you know it. When, when us as human beings, when we discover that restaurant, we discover that little bar, we discover that little tiki hut, there's a sense of pride in us that we accomplished it. We, we discovered what other people didn't know. Now, again, I would love to tell you that I'm an expert marketer and then millions of people would laugh and scream at this podcast. Um, I went out and I had some business cards made and I went out and I forgot my business cards. So I'm at this event and if I don't want to talk to someone, I'm not going to talk to them. But if I find someone I like and I'm talking to them and then they go, Hey, have you got a card? And you go, actually, no, I don't. What do they do? They pass you their card 
or they give you that phone number, or you swap details that way. Now, you pass someone a credit card, and they go, yeah, cheers, stick it in that back pocket, and they wake up in the morning, they go, Sims, uh, was that the bar guy at the bar? Was that the barmaid? You know, they can't remember. But now you've got that card, you've got the details, and the onus is on you the following day to go, John, I'm glad we hooked up last night. Thank you so much for passing me the details. Sorry I didn't have a card on me. Now, it puts you in the driving seat to make that connection, to make that, that relationship go further. And I didn't have a business card. I also forgot to put our phone number on the website. <laughs> so again, marketing genius, no. But then an article came out going, they are so exclusive, they don't even have a phone number available. And I thought, all right, that sounds cool. <laughs> and so we don't have a phone number. We don't have business cards. And we burnt all the ones we did have or shredded them. I forget what we did with it. But now it's become something that's iconic with Bluefish. We don't make it easy to find us. You've got to know someone that knows us that can make that introduction. And that sense of effort on your side to be able to get to us will be rewarded. It will be appreciated rather than just a random phone call. Yeah, I need to go out tomorrow night. You're a concierge. Where can I go? Uh -uh, doesn't work like that, fella. So having you discover us starts, starts a relationship appropriately. Hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gears a little bit. And okay. let's actually start talking about the work that you do. I mean, to me, it seems like you're a creator of unmistakable experiences. Um, and I want to talk about what goes into creating an experience that people can't help but remember and talk about. All right. Okay. All right. Now we're into the fun stuff. <laughs> this, this is what gets me aroused on a daily basis. Um, and I'm sorry for that picture in your mind out there. But I apologize. Um, all right. So when someone comes to us and, you know, they found us, they've discovered us, they've been introduced, but now they've made contact with us and they go, hey, I'm going up to New York uh, for two days. I'm taking my wife, or I'm taking my kids or, you know, I'm taking my husband or I'm going up there with some girlfriends. I want to do something a bit special. Well, I can guarantee you there's only two of us on this phone, um, on this uh, recording at the moment. But you get two people in a room and you say, hey, New York, what's your favorite restaurant? Chances of you both having the exact same restaurant is going to be scarce. Okay? Put 10 in the room, you've got 10 different answers. So what makes it special is really what makes it special for you, not for me. So this is where the fun bit begins. We go, okay. What, when are you going? So let's get the basic foundations going. I'm going this day, I'm going this day. So you know when they're arriving, you know when they're, they're coming back. What time are you arriving? How long are you flying for? Well, I'm flying in from Mexico that morning. So you're on a six-hour flight. You don't want to go out that night. So you know that you're dealing with the following night. So you're breaking it down for a start. And then you say to them, for this to be a memorable night, what has to happen? And you let them dream. And we've got phenomenal imaginations. But if you can get that person tapped into that passion, and you go, well, I'd like to just hang out with my girlfriends. Okay, what would your girlfriends be doing? Well, you know, chatting and that kind of thing. Okay, so, you know, do you want a loud nightclub? Oh, God, no. Do 
you want a cool bar? Yeah. Do you want a cooking experience where you're actually going to spend the night cooking in one of the top restaurants? Oh, that may be fun. And so what you do is you start speaking to them. You start to find that hot spot, that moment where they actually pick themselves up in a chair. And you know when you're talking to someone on the phone and they're doing an email or they're doing their, their addresses or they're clearing up their desk. You know when you've not got them focused. And you know when you say something and you get the, what was that? And you know all of a sudden you've got their attention. So when you're speaking to someone, and notice that we've not speak, spoken about money here, mm-hmm. okay? You start speaking to them about what's going to make this memorable? What's going to make this the night that in six months' time you want to replicate? You can't, so we'll have to do something different. But what's the one that you're going to tell stories about to your kids? What happened that night? And if you can get them in that zone, then the most amazing stuff comes out. Well, I really like, you know, basketball. I really like concerts. I really like driving fast cars. I've always wanted to jump out of a plane. I've always wanted to do this. And again, it has no relevance if you like it whatsoever. But the, my drug of choice is passion. And if you can get someone talking about what they're passionate about, then you get on such a high irrelevant if you're into it or not passion breeds passion they say misery likes company Mm. you can get someone totally stoked and passionate about it you buzz for the whole day and then guess what happens the next phone call you make you're still riding on that drug of passion that you had from 10 minutes ago and then the other person's on the phone going you're in a damn good mood aren't you why wouldn't i be i've just had 10 minutes of passion with uh you know, Auntie Betsy that's going to New York with her girlfriends. And they go, oh, really? Well, what are we going to do for you? How are we going to get you excited and aroused? And that's how it happens. You find the hot button. And get this. This isn't about business. The biggest bullshit term I ever heard that we should be scrapped and all the people out there homeschooling, listen to this one. They tell you it's not personal. It's business bollocks business is personal absolutely if you can make a connection with someone that's what works amazon they have all these copywriters now typing up going hey john thanks for ordering your book again it's great to see you back all this kind of terminology that's puked out by a computer to get you built up into a relationship and it's the personality there's a reason that people buy max Steve Jobs. There's a reason that people fly Virgin. Richard Branson. You were tr- you were trying to assimilate to a certain character, and that goes far. And so, personality, passion, make business personal. And when you're doing that, focus. You're going to spend eight hours a day working on your business. Think about how you can take what you just learned there into your relationship. And you can focus that same kind of hot button mentality to discover where your partner should have a meal. I spoke to um, I spoke to a couple the other day, and they travel so much, and they go to all the best restaurants. And he said, "Look, Steve, you know, we've been to so many great restaurants, and we love going to these restaurants, but I really, really want to do something that." 
can step it up a notch, and it's really hard to do that. And he said, we've done the cooking courses and stuff. And I said, you know, okay, so let's go through it. So we had a little chat. We organized a hamper and a, um, uh, a rug, and we set up a picnic on the beach. And he drove up. The hamper was already there. We had someone that stood there, made sure the hamper was laid out, the rug was laid out, the chairs, the wine was chilling. It was all done. They turned up. Was a, you know, a quarter of the price of one of the restaurants they went to, but it stepped the game up. It was a different angle. It was a different feel. Uh, but it showed thought had gone into it. Okay, so I love this for numerous reasons, um, which anybody who knows me knows I'm obsessive about creating experiences uh, with everything that we do. I don't care what it is from you know sending something in the mail to putting on an event. I want the experience to be unforgettable and unmistakable. And I, I want to ask you two questions about this. One is how we could bring this sense of adventure and this sense of creating experiences into our day-to-day lives to enrich them, regardless of our financial situation. Because I feel that there is something really deep there that could ultimately change the quality of somebody's life for the better. And then how do we infuse this mindset into all the work that we do, regardless of what that work is, whether that be writing, whether that be producing a show like I'm producing, whether that be making art, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And here's, And here's where I hope we become really valuable for all those people that have clicked off already thinking that I only deal with like billionaires and millionaires, then you just lost out on on the magic sauce now. So anyone listening, good for you. Here it comes. (laughs) I keep things ugly. And as I said to you before, I have this this site, uglysims.com, shallow plug. Um, And I teach people how to keep things real and authentic and you don't have to spend a lot of money to enrich your relationship in business or personal. And one of my key things is letters and postcards. And it gets easier, so bear with me. What I do, you, you get, I don't know, 30 to 300 emails a day. I know I get tons. And most of them are rubbish uh, and I have no interest in. And, but they get in there. Okay, you get these emails just thrown at you and then you go through them quickly and some are badly typed and we've forgotten grammar and full stops on emails, okay? So this is what I want you to do. No matter where you are in the world, I want you to go to a local cool hotel. Cool, that was the key word there, cool. It can be a little boutique hotel. It can be a really fancy Four Seasons Peninsula. Go to a cool hotel that you like that matches your style. Go up to the front desk and say, hey, I've got a little bit of work to do and I want to write someone a couple of notes. Can I grab a couple of envelopes and some stationery, please? Hotels love you using their stationery. It's free marketing for them. So get the envelopes, get some stationery, go sit down with your cup of coffee, Write a really short note, no more than 15 words, okay? Just put a little short note in there saying, Sarah, we haven't spoken for three weeks and I really want to reach out um, and chat to you about the proposal or chat to you, anything. You could put in there, I'm sitting in this hotel and it made me realize we haven't spoken for a while. 
Next week, I'm going to reach out and call you. All the best, Steve. Just something like that. Really short, handwritten, hand like the envelope, post the damn thing. Few things will happen. Every envelope you ever get nowadays is folded so hard because it came from a fulfillment center, and nine times out of ten, it's a bill. Your electric bill, your phone bill, uh, some kind of offer for the local grocery store. They're all, they're all vomited out by um, fulfillment centers. All of a sudden, there's an envelope in there that you can see has been touched by hand. The stamp's on there. Don't put the stamp perfectly asymmetrical to the, to the corner. Put it slightly skewed, okay? And it's got a handwritten envelope on there, and you can feel that it's slightly squidgy. Sorry, my phone's ringing. You can feel it's slightly squidgy, so you know it's a real person that's doing this. Um, they will open that envelope. That, hang on a second. I apologize about that. No worries. So, oh, it's my father phoning me. So I'll call him back in a few seconds and tell him <laughs> I love him and, and apologize that I was on this call with you. So back to the envelope. Can, can you hear me clearly, yeah, by the way? I can hear you perfectly. So you go, back, you go back to that envelope. When they get that envelope and they open up that envelope, it does show that, they, that you cared. It shows that um, you took the time. They're not getting letters very often, but now they're getting a letter from you. I send vendors. I send clients. I send my wife. I send my kids letters. And I will go to a hotel, grab the envelope, write a little note on there saying, I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate all the hard work you're doing at school. Love that. Stick it in the envelope. It's not expensive. You want to get quirky and creative with it, and you've got a client that you're trying to take from a customer to a client, chat to them. So what did you do the weekend? Oh, I was barbecuing. Oh, you like barbecues? Love barbecues. Oh, great. Go down your local magazine store. Pick up a barbecue monthly. Put it in an envelope. Handwrite the envelope. Never, never, never print the envelope. Handwrite the envelope. Send it to him. Doesn't cost a lot of money to make a statement, to be forefront in their mind, to actually be remarkable. Wow. Now I do this a lot. I do I can tell you I can tell you wholeheartedly, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna I don't know if you can can you hear that sound? Yes. That's four postcards which I grabbed yesterday from a motorcycle store, and I, I love motorcycles. I know my client loves motorcycles. I grab these four envelopes, and they're promotional envelopes from a local Harley-Davidson store, and I'm sending them out to these clients I know that love motorcycles, going, hey, I hope, you like, uh, I hope the weather's good for riding. By the way, we need a chat in the next couple of weeks. I'll give you a call. And that will get through, uh, whereas 200 emails will not. Awesome. Okay, Steve, I have two last questions for you. Okay. You mentioned that you've worked with people who, you know, by all accounts are incredibly wealthy. Uh, and I've asked this question, I think, to a handful of people. You know, I, I got a, a perspective on it from Justine Musk uh, and Tim Ferriss. What misperceptions do we have about these types of people? Well, you've just spoken, you've just spoken about two of my friends, actually. Um, <laughs> the misconception 
I know you're looking for some strong, powerful one-liner. Um, so I'm trying to be careful here. But I think, I think the best way to put it is you realize when speaking to a, a group of people who you've placed on a pedestal, you realize that they're just as messed up as you are. We both, I'm not going to pick on Tim because I love Tim and, and you know, <laughs> Tim can phone me up and go, ah, why'd you mention me? We don't have our shit together. We love to try new things, especially Tim. That's his whole makeup. Um, but we love to try new things and not everything works. In fact, more things fail than work. But the more things that we do, the more things that work, the more things that grow, the more things that make people put you on a pedestal. And that pedestal shouldn't be there. Absolutely should not be there. So get out there. Be prepared to fail. Try something that makes you feel uncomfortable. And this can be anything. Go to a Japanese cooking course tonight. Go and do salsa dancing. Go and do a wrestling class. You know, watch a documentary in black and white, in a different language. Just do something that you've never done before. On the way to school, go a different route. It just takes that one step going right when everyone's going left to put you in a different place, both mentally and physically. And the people that you're speaking about have done exactly what I've said. And I, 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 love, I love Tim, so I know he's not going to be upset about me saying this. <laughs> He hasn't got the answers, but he's just failed more times than you and I. And so he's tried more things, and he's come up with some answers. And he's come up with some of the most amazing discoveries by some of the biggest mistakes. Awesome. That's it, I suppose. (laughs) One final question, which is how we close all our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? anyone out there that that you look and admire has that passion and that passion puts a fire in their gut and their soul that you just want a part of tim's got it uh richard branson's got it it's that passion Hmm. well steve this has been uh really really funny poetic and inspiring and uh, i can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share some of your story and your journey and your insights with our listeners at the unmistakable creative well i was it was an honor i'm I'm proud to have um, been asked to come on so thank you very much i hope i hope it's helped someone out there (laughs) i'm sure it has (laughs) all right and for everybody listening we will wrap the show with that If you like what you heard, the greatest compliment you could give us is to share the show with a friend and let people know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening to The Unmistakable Creative. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com 
slash four keys and download your free copy.